Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. And Lord, I'd like to continue talking about your people at this time, dear God, and the blessings of the tribe of Jacob, the 12 tribes. Father, tonight I'd like to especially talk about the book of Job. Excuse me, book of Joel. Lord, I'd like to explain something in this, dear Lord, and I pray that you will cause confirmation to be made known to your people. Lord, in this wonderful book of Joel, it's a very interesting book. And dear Lord, I believe it talks about Judah. It talks about the people of Jerusalem, Judah and Jerusalem. It specifically states in Joel chapter 3. If you're in the Hebrew Bibles, it's Joel 3 and 4 because they split chapter 3 into two two chapters. But Lord, this very interestingly is a book that's intriguing in many regards because in that book, you're talking about Judah and, and Jerusalem. And Lord, as we explained, our God, Judah is the, to be the first of the tribes to turn And Jerusalem is all those who have a foundation of your words. Those who are set apart by the words of foundation of peace, which only come by hearing and doing the ways of your words. That's the eternal plan of you. And it's the new wine. It's it's all of those things. Dear Lord, I pray that the people would grasp the importance of this because the book of Job, I mean, excuse me, Joel, is written and Historians don't really know where to place it, and they don't understand it quite, I believe, because when you read it in the way of the words of the pure language of the kingdom of heaven with your thoughts that are higher than our thoughts, in your ways and higher in our ways, you specifically talk about your ways in this book. And Lord, it's important because people are searching around, oh, what do we do at this time? They if the wise can see the war that is about to come upon the world and the fact that everything points to their destruction of Christianity, everything points to their destruction of anything moral, anything truthful, dear Lord, and anything honest. Lord, they're destroying everything. And Joel uh, writes about that. He records what you're saying in a prophetic word. But to get the understanding of Joel, you have to go back and look at the very first verse of Joel 1. It says, The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Bethuel. And there is so much in that simple statement. People don't really know how to interpret the name Bethuel. And the people think they understand the name of Joel. But Joel is a complex name, very simple, but it's a name that's very complex. The last part's easy because it's L, which is God. But the word Joel has words that are written, verbs, for example, the same way they're written, the same way. The same word can be used as a verb. And, you know, they didn't have the marks back then to set apart verbs and so on. They did that later. So it's an interpretation here. And the people that interpret, usually they interpret the word Joel as being Yahweh is God. And that's absolutely true. Lord is God. The Lord is God. You absolutely can be um, of that. But there's something else that gives you a good understanding of Joel. Because when you look at his, he's the son of Bethuel, meaning he's walking in the work of the name of Bethuel as well, his father. And Joel has a, a meaning of verbs that says, yeah, I mean, and one verb it's interpreted as he was foolish. And another one is that he was willing and determined. In other words, he had a spirit like Jacob. That's what this is getting at. Because people think 
like the Lord was foolish. The, the priests and rabbis thought he was a fool for the words he spoke. In other words, he said he was a king of kings and all these things, the son of God. And he, and he said to those whom the word comes are like a God. Yeah, that's in your scriptures. He told them that you're of your father, the devil, because you will not, you, you hear my speech and you can't discern my words. And therefore you don't know what I'm saying. John 8, 43 to 47. And he tells them that they're going to be judged by the words he spoke. And in John 15, that's in John 12, 48. And John 15, 3, he's saying that it's by the words of God that he spoke that the people are washed clean. But they think it's the blood by itself. No, you trample upon the blood, the spirit that God gave. God gave the recognition of the sacrifice of the blood to open the temple veil so that you can come in and hear the words of God and go out and do them. That's very important for us to understand. And we need to be like that. We need to be like Joel. Now, he's the son of Bethuel. And Bethuel is very interesting. Some people say persuaded of God. It's far deeper than that. And what it's saying is that he, uh, they say ingeniousness of God is um, Jones Dictionary gives it. And that's really much closer to the truth. Because what you're seeing in this ingenious is an adjective that describes somebody's noble, generous, uh, and, you know, he's, he's honorable expectation. But when you look at it, and what he adds in geniusness, what he's saying in this is that it's one that's fairness, candidness, and just frankness of the heart, openness of the heart. In other words, it's God revealing himself openly because God is pleading in this book. The book of Joel is a book that's pleading for us to hear him and do it. I met with pastors, tried to explain the words to them, and they they just ignored that. We talk about the world and the war that's coming. They admitted that, yes, they know. They've had generals tell them about the FEMA camps and the gas and all this in the camps. They know it's all true. They don't want to preach that because they preach that at the pulpits. People run. They can't do that in the mainstream churches because the mainstream churches are controlled by their grants and everything they get and that the Catholic Church really runs over even the Gentile church. They control everything through the grants and the book publishers and, you know, all these guys that write the books, they get contracts for books. They'll lose those contracts if they insult the Catholic Church or the bishop because they're running. It's it's a pagan government that they're running over the, over the earth. I've explained that in plenty of times. But the key point to this is that this is, I've been talking about Jacob and the heart of Jacob and the heart of Joseph. It's that crown that they wear. And this is the likeness of Joel. Joel had this spirit. He had that spirit. And what he's talking about, the genius of God, is, is great simplicity of mind. In other words, he opens it up in the simple words of God. See, when, when Joel wrote this in the way of the words of God, the whole book is written in the way of the words of God. And you go to Psalms 119, 130. It tells you the entrance of his words gives light so you can understand the way to go and gives understanding to the simple. And God is opening his words in the book of Joel, explaining to you that it's there for you, but the people won't hear it. There's a great verse in the book of Joel in chapter 1, verse 12. And, he, and, and see, what I'm talking about is the book of Joel is a prophetic book. It's not the reason why they can't date it. It's because it's for this day. Joel, Joel was explaining exactly what's going to happen at this time, this very time of the separation judgment. You know, the, the day of the Lord, you can separate it into different categories. Everybody's waiting for the Antichrist and this and that and the rapture. But there's work to do. And there's a separation judgment. We ignore the separation judgment that comes before there can ever be a rapture. Because as he says in Daniel 12, 9, uh, excuse me, Daniel 12, 9 to 10, he says that he has to purify, make white, and refine many. That's required before they can go up. And people think, well, they got this knowledge today. No, you're not. If Jesus says you've got to be washed by the water of the words and you don't know what the word is, you can't discern his speech because you can't understand his words. You think you understand him. Do you understand him in the ways of the kingdom of heaven that's higher than your ways of the earth? Or are you taking those words and you translate them in the way of the word, earthly languages instead of the way that the Lord translates them throughout the scriptures? with the greater meanings. 
At Joel 1, 12, it says, The vine is dried up, the fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. The meaning of the way of God in his language is joy. All the words that God wants, everything he wants for you is joy. Peace and joy. Peace is one thing. Joy is just, I mean, that's living in the glory of God. Seeing glory, receiving glory, enabling glory. That, that, that's the way of joy. That's true joy. That's the way of God. The way of the Lord's words. The way of the Lord's promises. And what he's saying is, these things, the vine is dried up. God is the vine dresser. You know, he's, he's telling us, the Lord, they're, they're trying to make known the words to us. And the Lord is, you know, the Father's prepared the times like this. If you know the appointed times of the Lord, you'll, you should be ready for him. You know, he came the first time and started speaking his words, which is what his ministry was in Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, John 3, 26 to 36, John 18, 37. He testified he did it. And he tells us in Isaiah 54, 50, verse 4, that every morning the Father would wake him up with a word to speak to those who are weary. In other words, every morning he made his knowledge known to him and he grew and grew and grew. And we're not growing because we're not asking him for the knowledge of his words. But God has prepared it. He's prepared it for this day. He's been trying. He's even sent out many prophetic words, thousands and thousands of prophetic words. Hear my word. Hear the words of wisdom you do not know. Hear the words of truth. Come to the knowledge of truth. Return to me. People aren't understanding. They're waiting for a rapture that's not going to come to them because he says in the last church, he warns them. And you should know the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is everything's done in the way of the seven spirits. So when he's talking about the church and building the church, it's done in the way of the seven spirits. We are the culmination of all seven churches. And we're not divided. Oh, we just got this one. We want to be just this one, the good church, Philadelphia church, the brotherhood church. No. Because you will not hear, because you will not receive the words, the failure is this culmination, which is the seventh church. The seventh church should have learned the ways of all the other six churches and understood what was wrong and what was good and chose the good. And instead, he comes to the seventh church and he says, oh, look at you all. You're all lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold. You're neither cold nor hot. And you believe that you're spirit-filled and wisdom, filled with wisdom, and you're ready for heaven, and you're not. Not even one, not one of our uh, seminaries of our theological schools of any kind teach the knowledge of his words. Not one. So how do you think the preachers are prepared? If the preachers aren't prepared, how do you expect the people to be prepared? If the people aren't prepared, how do you expect the children to be ready? If all of those fail, how do you expect the government to be ready? In other words, the government is a foundation of what they've learned in church and in their families. But if their families didn't bring them up strong in the way of the church, but brought them up in the way of the world, which is, you know, your words is do something, you get something. God's gifts is free. You know, he gives you the words for free first. Gives you the authority to use them to do good for others. And when you do that, then he starts blessing you. But he gives you the gift first of the words free. With God, they're in the Bible. They're, everybody can have them. There's no charge. He doesn't allow for his the teachings of his words to be sold. When you read the parable of the great pearls, you, the pearl of great price, you see that. Everybody's selling the pearls, the merchants selling the goodly pearls. They sound good. They look good. Yeah, we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins with his blood. That's absolutely correct. But that is not what it's going to save you from the great flood, as it says in Revelation twelve sixteen. The wisdom is going to set you apart. And the words of wisdom that you do not know. Wisdom is knowledge. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We don't have understanding. Proverbs 9.10. We have to understand this time. We, we must be set apart by this because we don't have this. And God's been doing everything he could to get us 
to produce grapes. And remember the problem with the fig tree. On the very, on the, it's, it's the second day of the week of Passover that Jesus came that morning and cursed the fig tree. When they came back on the, the third day of that week, um, that was when it was withered up. I've been saying recently the, the first day of the week. It wasn't the first day of the week. I'm sorry. First day of the week is when he came in with the triumphal entry. He sent them in to get the donkeys. Remember, there was two donkeys, the mother and the colt. He rode the colt, but they put garments over both. Because the mother, he came in with the wisdom of God. That was what's symbolic. The donkey symbolic of the carrier of the word. But the, he had the word befi- beside him. And it was the mother. The, the mother donkey was symbolic of the words of wisdom that was with him. He said if these people hadn't shouted out, the stones would have shouted out. Today, not even the people will shout out his words because they don't know them. Handfuls do. Others see it and they say, oh, it's too complicated. That's not of God. That, that's not right. That's not this. They said the same thing at Jesus' time they crucified him. This time, he's coming. You know, there's going to be a crucifixion. You can bet on that. There's going to be head chopping and all the other stuff because they got guillotines put in trains and all that kind of stuff for the people this time in Ezekiel 38 war. But then God is going to come and judge these people that participated. And he's going to judge all the lukewarm who allowed it to happen. Because, see, the day of the Lord was based upon he gave us the crown at the beginning, the crown of our choice. What are we going to, what words, what arrows are we going to put in our quiver? The beast arrows, which is the words of the world. That's what we're teaching in our churches. The complacency we're teaching. Oh, they get up and they sing songs and there's lots of singers singing songs. It feels good for temporary. Then we go out and go to work in the world. We go to the stores and sell GMO food. We go to the farms and produce GMO food. We we go to the nurses and shoot these vaccines into kids that are killing them, giving autism, destroying their immune system. And then we go to doctors and dentists, and they're all doing the same stuff. They go by what the world teaches them instead of what God has given them, which is the wisdom that's there, if they'll receive it. He gave us herbs for the service of man. And yet you got guys like McCain and... Um, Lieberman and the Soros and all those people and Rockefellers doing all they can to destroy that. And you have the FDA, which the government, all the government participates in allowing it to do all of its evil work, even though it was created to destroy our nutritional system. That's the complacency of the church. We got lawyers. We got, you know, they work in the courts and yet they should know that the root of the court system is a contract system, which is the contract system is based upon the admiralty law, which is only based upon a divine law set up by, by the crown trust through the Vatican. It's deceitful. It uses words. It twists the words. And there's two law systems in every place. There's two different stock markets. You, you think you're trading in the stock market, but they got one that you can't even participate in. In the same system. And they're allowed to do things like have side accounts. They're allowed to have things that you can't have. Their their insurance is free. Their medical care is free, but they're killing you. These same guys are getting free medical care in Washington, D.C., are the same ones allowing the FDA to destroy the nutritional value and bring forth all these toxins and everything. They get free medical, but you don't. And it's them that's allowing this to happen to you. They have to pay you back double According to Revelation 18, it says they must pay you back double for what they've done and double for what they're planning to do because they're planning to do even more. They're planning to, you know, now give vaccines into the babies, into the womb. They're planning on separating the parents and and so forth. They've charged taxes on your properties and they're not allowed to do that. In God's kingdom, everybody's allowed to have land. He gives the land. God awards it. It's his kingdom. And as of December 21st, it's now his kingdom. And they have no right to do anything that they're doing right now. And they're going to pay a price for doing it because it's now the judgment. This is that our trial. And now we're in the actual physical manifestation of the trial. They're going to come forth in their war and that judges them. All the generals, all the military people, all the the people that march, like march for homosexuality, march for abortion rights, march for all those things. You're judging yourself because we're now in the time of judgment. And it's written in the book. You've already been judged for it because God read your thoughts and your heart. But you have a chance to change that verdict. Because remember, when Jesus comes for the manifestation of the judgment, the judgment's already been written in the book by God, the Father. He's had them recorded in heaven. He's sitting on the throne at the top, at the capstone. 
in, inside a capstone with the four living creatures, the 24 elders, and you have the men of Nineveh there bearing witness against us, and you have the queen of the south bearing witness against us. You have all these people speaking against us because it, God can't change his ways, and that's what she's, they're going to say. You can't change your ways. You only gave us this much time. And, you know, we're, we're in this time right now. We're in the month of Chabet. People will say, oh, no, no, we're in Tibet. No, we're not. We're in Chabet. And the 15th of Chabet this month um, is the, which is a, a week from a Friday. You see, yeah, that's a, a week from um, this coming Friday. That's 15th Chabet. That is the beginning of the um, New Year of Trees. That's the New Year of Trees. When the, the water starts to come. From that time on, you have no excuse and you have a limited time. So you can understand the limitation of the time. And it takes you right up to the basically the Purim time. Not in 8R2, but in 8R1. And when that happens, you have a problem. All right. You know, you have a very serious problem at this time. Even if you go in between those times, I'm telling you, this is the time. The judgment is in the winter. He said, come out before the winter. The judgment's in the winter. It's manifested in the spring, beginning of the, and this on right in April, which happens to be this year the, the, um, day of the, April sixth or seventh. Uh, I can't remember which day it was, now, um, uh, on the calendar I'm, I'm talking about, but the, that is the day that the uh, Lord, um, opened the words at that time, the same time. So the fig tree has no excuse because it will complete 14 years on that date. And the 15th year is the spirit of grace. And what did God say in Hebrews 10, uh, 24 to 31? He says that he will punish those that trample upon the spirit of grace. Because you were supposed to have grace by that time and you don't have it. That's why it'll be manifested judgment by that time. I believe we're in this very year according to prophetic words that are being spoken and and best I can interpret the scriptures. But if it's not, we're that close. You can't be more than one year, but I don't think so. It's from everything I understand, it's this year. And you have to, you know, seek to the Lord on that. But if you see the war come, you know it's this year. Because this war is going to be fast and furious and it, and people are going to have no food. Now, I want to point back to this thing. Let me get off that point. Let me tell you about this thing. It's very important. If you read Joel 1, you're going to read verses like, let's look um, Let's look at verse, um, um, oh, let's start with 9. Um, it says, The grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. Why is that? God is saying he's going to take away his words away from them. They won't be able to speak his words. He told you, come out before the winter time. You better get quickly. You know, even when the God came to the men in Nineveh, he gave them 45 days. The winter's here, and it's been going on since the 21st. That's why I think you don't have much time at all. And you need to understand this, to come out quickly. Because God only gave the men in Nineveh 45 days. And then their judgment is coming. He's going to cause the war to come and the rest of it. You know, they're going to do a lot of things between now and then to give you a little bit of a sign. But God is moving these things. He's bringing these people. He put a hook in the jaw of the king of the north. They're coming out. Magog, king. It's coming out. He tells you who the king is. It's the guy who controls all the gold and silver. There's only one person in the world that does that. It's not the pope. It's Jacob Rothschild. So <clears throat> it says, um, I should have went one before that, but let's, let's go this. The grain offering and the drink offering cut off in the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. That's going to happen. They're, they're going to find out that they don't have any power or authority to overcome this because God's going to take the right to call in his words away from them. That's what you see in Matthew seven twenty one to 23. He says, they're lawless. Why are they lawless? Because he tells you in Psalms 119, 142 that his truth is law. He tells you in Psalms 119, 160 that his words... Entirely of his words, not your words. His words are truth. And that's what Jesus said in John seventeen seventeen. We have to be sanctified by setting ourselves apart in God's words, not our own words. Not the words of the English languages, all those. They're used in God's language, but the, his words have higher meanings 
in his language are higher ways, higher thoughts, and we don't have that. And that's why he's saying, you're, you know, he's going to take it away from them. He says, the field is wasted, the land mourns for the grain is ruined, and the new wine is dried up and the oil fails. The new wine is the eternal plan of God. Uh, they think they're going to be raptured out of here. That's going to dry up. You're going to see that that's not true. That is not going to happen till the middle of the morning, which is over three and a half years away from now. And, you know, it's it's a problem for people. We need to understand it. I'm, I'm saying that the earliest is the midst of the morning. It's that time. Because that's what he says in Daniel 9, 27. In the midst of the morning, he'll take away the sacrifice. We'll take away the sacrifice. Is that in Daniel, uh, I mean, Psalms uh, 50 and 4, which is the rapture event. And he says... Um, Field is wasted, the land mourns, the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up, and the oil fails. Knowledge fails. The grain means when God grain, uh, dries up the grain, you can no longer eat the bread for instruction. You know, you're going to spend all you got to buy the, the bread for the day, and it's only worth a day. But it doesn't give you any instruction for planning for God because the oil and wine is taken away. See, God's going to give the oil and wine to those who are set apart, the elect that were sanctified when he comes. And that's what's going to happen in the winter. That's the separation judgment. And it'll be manifested the first of the spring. So he says, the, and I'm not talking about March 21st. I'm talking about in, in April is what I believe it is because it's, it's likened to the Passover timing. So he said, the field is wasted. The land mourns. The grain is ruined. New wine is dried up. The oil fails. Be ashamed. When he talks about new wine, that's the seven spirits. You know, he's coming to give you the right to talk, call on the seven spirits in their full measure. But that's going to be dried up to the ministers. That's going to be dried up to all the people who didn't set themselves apart. That's what Joel is telling here. He's saying you've got to be zealous to get the knowledge of truth. You've got to be zealous to get the knowledge of the joy of God, which is the way of God, which is not in our words. It's in his words. He tells it in Joel 2. Uh, 12 to 20, you've got to be sanctified. Sanctified is John 17, 17. You're sanctified by truth. And what is truth? The words of God that Jesus was sent into the world to bear witness to. They already had their Bible. They already had the Torah. They already had all that, but they couldn't understand his words. That's why they couldn't understand his speech. John 8, 43 to 47, he's speaking in their language, but they couldn't understand him. Same as I've been doing for 13 years, almost 14 now. He's had this Oh, so, so sad. And then I get this one. Be ashamed, you farmers. Wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley because of the harvest of the field is perished. In other words, not only are we talking about the ways of the words here, but this is being shown to you in physical words, physical things as a sign to you. People say we ought to have a sign from God. That's your sign. They've just totally destroyed the regular food. And now they're going to even take the labeling of organic off food. So you can't tell the difference between excuse me, bad food, just toxin-filled food from others. And they're, and they're forcing this on the people. They, they don't pay them enough money to buy good food. And then they're feeding this stuff to everybody. And they didn't. I mean, go back in history and you'll find, look at McDonald's. You know, when FDA was created in 1948, how long was it before these fast food uh, franchises started popping up? And look what they did to the meat. Look what they did to the food. You can lay a McDonald's hamburger out and it doesn't, doesn't even get bacteria. It's destroyed. It's no good for your body. You can't handle it. There's no nutritional value there at all. It's just they made it flavorful. And it causes obesity, but it, more than that, it causes destruction of the immune system. Then they give you all these uh, other things to do it. That is exactly the sign that we should have been looking for. When the food is destroyed, that means this is coming. The judgment is at hand because of that. And the, and the farmers are not ashamed to build, uh, to make GMO because, oh, they say we can't. And why? Because the bankers control it. If they don't buy GMO food and if they don't use Monsanto stuff, then they cannot grow their farms. And if you have, if you try to sell milk from cows to people, they'll come in and do every kind of thing to you. Throw you in jail, do all kinds of things. This is the government. 
this is what Joel said would happen at this time. This is the evil people he's talking about. They're all going to be judged and they're all going to get the plagues of God because of this. The vine is dried up. The fig tree is withered. The pomegranate. See, the, the vine is, is the plan of God. The fig tree is the people he sets apart. He's elect. The pomegranate tree is symbolic of the words of God. What's really neat about the pomegranate is that you never know how many seeds are in it. Some people say 612, some 600, some 530. Some See, it's the four ways times 153 words. But you don't need all of them. You need what you need to do your work. The kingdom work of God that you are given to do, that's what you need. But he gives you more than enough, so there's even more in here. So you have less, less than 612, that's okay. You've got enough to do the words of God. But that's what God is trying to point out by the pomegranate having to mix seeds, the number seeds. But why did God put it on the bottom of the garment of the priest and around the pillars of the temple, chains of pomegranate? Why did he put it on, on, the, on their garment, at the border of the garment, on the bottom, all the way around? And he put a pomegranate and a bell, pomegranate and a bell. See, the bell is supposed to have holiness to the Lord on it. And the bell means a sound, but it's an immediate sound. Do you understand? The pomegranate is the words of God in the full ways of the four spirits. See, the four spirits, the first four spirits is, is you know, separating, um, from light and darkness, then the second one, that's the spirit of the Lord. And then the second one is wisdom, the words of wisdom, to get the words of wisdom. Third one is understanding. And the fourth is the counsel of the Lord. So this goes around the whole garment around the, the priest's bottom. And people say, the bottom of his garment, the priestly robe. And uh, people say, well, that's just so that he can be heard in there moving around. If a bell stop, they know he's dead. Well, See, the bells are symbolic of God. When you go in and you're asking the Lord for the ways of his words and the full measure of the four spirits that he wants us to ride. He, he constantly gives prophetic words many times saying, ride the four horses. Go back to uh, Zechariah 6. He sends his four horses to give what? Give strength to his spirit on the earth. And the spirit is in us. So he's given us strength by the way of his four horses. If we understood the ways of God, the four ways, the east, west, north, and south, we would understand the blessings of these are different. You use the words slightly different. That's why you take the 153 words, you can use them these four different ways. And what he's saying, and then you have the bell, which is the sound is immediate. In other words, it's asking the Lord to give us the word that we can do today and do this year, do, do this time that we're in. Because God has everything. It's like, you know, the independence bell. It's like the rest of it. And he tells us they put the bell on the horses because the bell is symbolic of the strong word. Strong word. You have the trumpet. You have all those things that are sounding for different works. But the bell is a, a strong word. Why? You put it on the horses. You know, the bells are on the horses. He talks about that in Zechariah 14, 21. And 20 and 21. He's talking about that. The, and it's all those bells will have holiness to the Lord. Because you're wanting the word. The pomegranate is that symbolic of the words themselves and the four spirits, the knowledge of the ways of doing them in a way of the four spirit. So that's why they're in the bottom of the, the garment of the priest. And that's why he's saying here the pomegranate tree. How sad that it, that it dried up. In other words, the word's taken away from the people because they would not keep his words or would not seek out his words. They didn't want to know his plan. And, you know, he, he said the fig tree is withered. He specifically says the vine is dried up. In other words, the eternal plan of God. The fig tree is withered. What, what's that telling you? That means it's been judged. He came to, the, to on the second day of Passover. He came into the city, a young fig tree, didn't have any blossom or, uh, or fruit on it. And therefore wasn't ready when he came. And he withered it. And that's what the people are going to have. They're not going to be able to stand. He's going to wither their bones at this time. And that's going to happen. He manifests the judgment. That's why it says in Revelation 6, they say, oh, who's going to be able to stand? Yeah, because their bones are going to be withered and they're going to fall. They were, they were the elect and they would not hear. 
Everybody's been called at this time. There's no excuse for anybody. He says all those on the face of the whole earth have been caught in a snare. It's Luke 21, 34 to 36. The palm tree is symbolic of doing good works. In other words, revealing the promises of God to enable us to do the good works that overcome the world. And you look inside the, the Holy of Holies and you see on the veil and on the walls were palm trees designed in there with the cherubim. All the trees of the field are withered. In other words, all the other trees, the fruit trees and everything else are withered up. These he mentioned specifically because of the ways of the words of God, the ways of our knowledge, the ways of our works. And we just ignore them and trample upon them. But he's doing this in the way of the language. And he says, all the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy, the way of God, has withered away from the sons of men. How terrible. And you go on with this thing. He says, gird yourself and lament, you priests. Wail, you ministers, you who minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land and the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas for the day. Alas for the day. For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. See, Joel's talking about this time. He's trying to tell you his zealousness about this time. And we should have interpreted this correctly. He says, is not the food cut off before your eyes, joy and gladness before the house of God? People are worried because, oh, when the war comes, there's not going to be any food. God said, if you have the words and you're obeying his instruction, he will cause the food to grow up right in front of you. You don't have a shortage of food. You have a shortage of knowledge. And without knowledge, he says, he reject you as a priest before him. And they don't have the knowledge because they will not hear his words, Isaiah 28, 9 to 13, Joel 12, 4. And on and on and on. John fifteen seven says, if, if you abide in my way and abide in my words, what you desire will be done for you. The key part is they're talking about trying to walk in his ways, but they ignore what his words are. He was sent into the world to speak the words of God that are higher than ours, higher than our ways, higher than our thoughts. And he came in to bear witness to them. He wants to open them to us. He tells us that in Proverbs one twenty three. If you turn to me, I will pour out my spirit upon you and cause you to know my words. But they will not hear. Jesus tried to tell that to the people of his day then, and they would not hear. They're trying to tell it to the people for 14 years, now almost 13 three-fourths, and they would not hear. Is not the food cut off before your eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clods. Storehouses are in shambles. Why the clods? Because God has taken the spirit of the water of correction away from the people, the water of nourishment. So now they're going to receive the cold correction, the ice, the brimstone, which is ice with fire inside. That means immediate correction. That's the plagues coming upon the people. He says, how the animals groan, the herds of cattle are restless because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. Have you seen what we're doing to animals? We take the animals and we put them in one area. And we just, we're just a butcher shop. The, the animals, the chickens and the rest of it, it's grown in these big houses. People no longer do them all over the place. Because they've made farming an industry that's of the world and not of God. There's nothing of God in the way we farm today. Very little. I don't see it. There's people that grass-fed. They try to do those things, and the government blocks them in every way they can. They tax them. They do all these things. It's all evil. It's all wrong. And they're going to be, you have to understand, we're now in the wintertime, and all these judges, all these policymakers, all these uh, civil servants, all the people that go against these people, all the merchants that are going against these people, they're all going to get the plagues. They're all going to be destroyed come the morning of the day of the Lord in the spring, in April. But they're being judged right now. And they're going to see that in this time frame, God seals his judgment upon the people. He always renders the judgment in the night. And then it's manifested in the morning, just like it was for the Pharaoh. But from three o'clock on, he started giving them great trouble. He took the wheels off the chariots. They couldn't get away from him. 
And these people are coming now. It's, it's like they think they're winning. They're, they're coming forth. They're chasing after the Lord. They're, they're chasing. They're going to kill his people. They ignore Zechariah fourteen twelve warning that if they touch his people, they're going to get these plagues all over their bodies from the top of their head down to their toes. and Their arms are going to wither and all that other stuff. They ignore this, but they're coming after this. The, the warnings are there. The, the, I've been preaching it. I've warned them. I've pleaded with them to turn. Men in Nineveh are watching right now. They were the most evil people at their time. And they turned and God saved them. These people can be saved if they will listen. But if they continue coming to fulfill the, the evil plan of the Crown Trust to the global genocide program that they got and the global war and the global civil strife and the bankruptcy and is taking away all rights from the people and taking away the children and killing everybody over 40 years old and destroying the children. All that's coming. And they're going to be punished for it. They are going to be punished for it. God is bringing it in this time. They don't have a year to live. You know, they might live longer than that, but they're going to give it. During that time, they're going to get the plagues is what I'm trying to say. Many are going to die. God's going to kill many. But of the others, they're all going to get the plagues. They're going to have the most miserable 18 to 21 months. I don't know how long exactly it is, but God says it's approximately a half an hour, which is approximately uh, 21 months. So even if it's 18 months, it's still 18 months of plagues, bones withered that you cannot walk, full body boils, nothing can cure it, no one can help you, you can't get over it, and you can't die. All that's going to come, and the pain, he says, Job said the bones burnt within him, he was miserable, he sat on a dung pile. Can you see Queen Elizabeth sitting on a dung pile naked, Prince William and Kate and all the rest of them? sitting on a dung pile naked and just scraping off the boils. Nobody's going to want to look at them and the smell is going to be so horrible. God says the stench of the fish is going to be come up from the bottom. Of the, you know, he's going to make a place in the bottom of the ocean where these people are going to be driven. When he's talking about the stench of the fish, he's also talking about the stench of the words in them. In other words, fish is symbolic of the words of God. And they rebuke the words of God, so they're going to get the curse of the words of God. Because they rebuked it, they're going to get the punishment of it, which is these, that terrible smell is going to come from them, of the stench, of their bodies rotten, but yet they can't die. This is what's going to happen to them. God says that's going to come up from there, from them. He's going to drive them out there. He says, the herds of cattle are restless. The beasts of the fields are also cry out to you, for the water brooks are dried up and the fire has devoured the open pastures. The fire is the word of the dragon. The evil, you know, the GMOs and the rest of it, all that's considered the fire. The Lord said his voice, his eyes are like a flaming fire. His words are like a fire that go out. His breath is like a fire that goes out. See, all this is the work of the evil one that's doing this because they're coming out to kill the people and the people don't know. And these foolish ones that are ahead of this don't understand that they're going to die as well. And they don't understand that God is real. They don't understand his words. They don't want to believe it because they believe that they got this all figured out. The Rothschilds say they don't report to God. Yes, you do. And you're going to see it within the year. In this year, you will see your punishment. And you will not only that, you're going to have to pay back double for all you've stolen. The zillions of dollars you've stolen, you're going to pay back double for all of that to God. He's taken all your gold. He's taken all that away from you. You will not have it. Oh, you can get it back in seven years after your punishments, your plagues, and the rest of it if you live that long. Because at the end of that, God's going to give you 42 months to reign. And if you do, you know, do the evil, then you're going to totally die because if you do what you're doing now, you're going to go like that. But if you turn now and repent before the Lord executes the, man, uh, the, the, the separation judgment, you'll save yourself from this destruction. Joel's trying to tell you here. If you go on and read Joel 2 to 12 to 20, he tells you how to do the assembly that he's talked about here. He repeats the assembly there and gives you better instructions. And then he gives you the answer of God. God says in Joel 2.20, and if you will do this, I will hear you and I will drive all the evil ones, the northern army, away from you, which is all the armies of the world. Israel's army, Americans' army, they're all part of this one world order. All nations are coming against his people. They're coming against Jerusalem. And what is Jerusalem? Jerusalem is those with peace with the knowledge of his words. They're coming against Judah. Judah are the ones that come out. 
Judah's given the, they're the first ones sealed. They're the ones that come out. What he's talking about is the remnant. That's what Joel is talking about here. He's referring to the remnant that comes out. This, this whole book only refers to this time. That's why they can't understand who, who was he and where did, they, where did he write this from? And what timing? They have guesses, but they don't know. But you can tell from the words he spoke. It's written in a pure language of the kingdom of God. All right, I appreciate your time. I hope this was helpful because these things are important. One of the things that you can do is remember that God put the palm tree on the veil of the curtain in the Holy of Holies. And we are invited into the Holy of Holies to speak to the Lord. It is a good thing. It would be a good thing to put curtains with palm trees on it, wouldn't it? Doesn't it make sense? Palm trees symbolic of the good works of God. Isn't that what you want to know at this time? He said in John 5, 24, if you want to escape through the judgment, he tells you there to believe in the voice of the Lord and which speaks his word and the Greek word for voice. He's saying discerning his words. You don't hear his voice unless you discern his words. So you have to, you can't understand his speech if you don't discern his words. And then he says the promises of God. That's the good works enabled by the words of God that were prepared from the foundations of the world, like Paul and Peter and all them talk about in, in the New Testament, in the other books. So he's telling you there, that's a good idea. The candle is very important at this time. When you're studying the Bible and asking the Lord, putting frankincense on your temple, myrrh on the bottom of your feet, all that's good things. And man, you know, the, the, he, the herbs are for the service of man. God's service that he's looking for is servants that walk in his ways and does his ways. God gave Mary frankincense and myrrh to put on the, the baby Jesus. Do you think that we're not a baby right now? If you don't know his words, you're just starting to learn. You're like a baby. You're like weaned on milk. You have to get that so you can grow and God will give you his words every night. Do that. The candlelight. What do you use the candlelight in the holy of holies or in the holy place for? The candelabra. It the light shone onto the the bread. They let that bread sit there seven days, and then they eat it on the seventh day, and then they make new and put it in place for the seven days. See, it had to be in there for seven days. So they started on the Sabbath and on the. On the, on the Sabbath, they ate it. And they'd put new bread, they'd make new bread on the Sabbath and put it down. That's why Jesus said that they profaned the Sabbath because they cooked the bread in the morning. But that's the way it's done. See, the Lord is saying that that's the time to really get the instruction is on a Sabbath day. God gives you not only the instruction of what you've seen the past week, but he gives you the additional instruction. And he starts with the instruction of the Sabbath before because that's when the bread was put in place. So it's gathering all this knowledge by the candelabras shining upon it. And then you eat that, that bread, and that brings you to that memory, and the next week you have it again. So the bread of instruction is there. I'm just saying to you, you can take the bread and make it that day. But, when, when, you know, eat this bread... You can put always just sprinkle a touch of salt on it because God wants you. The salt represents a promise of God. And you're making a promise that if God teaches you instruction, you'll receive it. That's what the bread do. Butter is stirring up knowledge that you don't know. In other words, you have the, the words of God, but the churned butter is like churning up the milk knowledge that you have so that God can separate out of that the good knowledge that you're going to get, that you want to get. I, I, you know, I put the, the key of David on doors. You know, that's that's the, the candelabra on the door. Anything that symbolically, you, you're, you're asking that your house be dedicated to the Lord. And you're asking for the spirit of truth to enter your house. People don't like the star. But what they don't understand about the, the six-pointed star is it's used in the wrong ways. But the six-pointed star is two triangles. The work of the firmament is to separate who goes up and who goes down. So that star there is symbolic of the work of the firmament for each one of us. We want to know the words of God because that's what the stars point out. They brought out the works to us. 
but we want to know it in the way of the firmament so that we can speak the words to others to help them not to go down, but to go up. You know, Satan is trying to destroy all these things, and he brings up all these things to discredit these things. But understand, the key of David has the fish at the bottom because what are we trying to do? We're trying to stir up the word that's in us and to separate in our heart the word that goes up from the word that goes down. You want to know both ways. You want to know, able to turn away from it, not experience it. And you want to help others overcome it. And God will help you with that. And then you put the candelabra on top because what are you trying to do? You're trying to get the light to shine. You're trying to get the seven spirits of God to enter you to make known that word and help others so that they understand that we are in a time of judgment now. And where are we ruled by? Where's our judgment coming? Read the day four of the creation. You'll find out the, the light, the words in the heavens inside the firmament is what judges us at this time. And it also helps us. It brings forth from the earth all the things that's there. You know, when Joseph was given the blessing of the things that lie in the deep beneath, one of the things he's talking about there is that most of the, I mean, when God created us, he put everything we needed in our blessing into the earth. But very little of it are we bringing forth. Instead, we've brought forth evil. But if you have the blessings of that good, you can bring forth what God wanted for these people to restore them. Jesus took the dirt and the guy's eyes he put the clay, spit on it um, from the water of the heavens, you know, from from him. And he rubbed it on the guy's eyes and had him go sent. And what? All of a sudden he had eyes. He was blind from birth. He didn't have eyes. Now he has eyes. He can see. That's the blessing of the deep that's below. Because the people haven't brought up what God planned for them. And now what you want to do is start bringing that forth for them so they can do the kingdom work. Bread of instruction. Eat that. Ask for these things from God. Lord, we praise you. We ask you, Lord, that you'd correct anything. Dear Lord, it might be wrong. Father, you know our intent is good. And Father, you know that what you've made known to us and we're trying to make that known to your people. Lord, let them understand that they must come out, that you have a plan. Joel has revealed the plan. I've tried to preach it to people, Lord, they don't quite understand. And Lord, I pray that they begin to understand. They'd want to know more. Lord, you went and you would talk for three days and people follow you for three days and we can't even get a church to open up for 30 minutes. Speak your words. You can't teach the words in 30 minutes. We need weekends to teach the words. But they won't do that, Father. They won't do anything like that. And this is the time of judgment. You're going to judge them by your words. To the shame of these shepherds, Lord, they have not opened their churches, their buildings, their businesses, Anything. I mean, the merchants haven't opened their businesses, their houses, anything to your words, Lord. None of it. And Lord, people keep making songs and it doesn't do the good because their songs aren't teaching the way of your words. They need to write songs, Lord, that help people, that actually help teach them the way of your words, not just make them feel good. Because milk knowledge is not going to get them the knowledge that enables them to escape Hosea 4, 6, where you said, if you reject their knowledge, you reject them as priests before you. Lord, I pray that they will understand and come forth. We ask all this in thy precious and thy holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.